Light nigga, dark nigga, faux nigga, real nigga Rich nigga, poor nigga, house nigga, feel nigga Still nigga Still nigga Light nigga, dark nigga, faux nigga, real nigga, rich nigga, poor nigga, house nigga, feel nigga, still nigga, still nigga. OJ like, I'm not black, I'm OJ. Okay, house nigga, don't fuck with me. I'm a feel nigga with Sean Cutlery. Go play the quarters where the butlers be. I'ma play the corners where the hustlers be. I told him. Please don't die over the neighborhood that your mama rentin'. Take your drug money and buy the neighborhood. That's how you rinse it. Uh. I bought every V12 engine. Wish I could take it back to the beginning. I could have bought a place in Dumbo before it was Dumbo for like two million. That same building today is worth 25 million. Guess how I'm feeling? Dumbo. Light nigga, dark nigga, faux nigga, real nigga Rich nigga, poor nigga, house nigga, feel nigga Still nigga Light nigga, dark nigga, faux nigga, real nigga Rich nigga, poor nigga, house nigga, feel nigga Still nigga Still nigga Wanna know what's more important than throwing away money at a strip club? Credit. You ever wonder why Jewish people own all the property in America? That's how they did it. Financial freedom, my only hope. Fuck living rich and dying broke. I bought some artwork for one million. Two years later, that shit worth two million. Two years later, that shit worth eight million. I can't wait to get this shit to my children. Y'all think it's bougie, I'm like, it's fine But I'm trying to give you a million dollars worth of game for 999. I turn a 2 to a 4, 4 to an 8 I turn my life into a nice first week release date mm. Y'all here still taking advances, huh? Me and my niggas taking real chances, uh Y'all on the gram holding money to your ear There's a disconnect, we don't call that money over here, yeah Light nigga, dark nigga, faux nigga, real nigga Rich nigga, poor nigga, house nigga, feel nigga Still nigga Still nigga Light nigga, dark nigga, faux nigga, real nigga Rich nigga, poor nigga, house nigga, feel nigga Still nigga Still nigga Welcome back to the Children Immigrants Podcast. I am the man of the play and it's going to always keep it 100 grand. Uh, K-Dot, a.k.a. Nigerian Therapist, a.k.a. Rafael De La Ghetto, a.k.a. Deuce with the Juice. I'm sitting here today with my real estate agent, uh, helping helping me get my 40 acres and my mule, you know. Definitely. Crystal Chidema, oh. my friend. Okay. My all godly talk. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, man, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. How have you been? 
I can't complain. <laughs> I'm here. Look. By the grace of God. Amen. By the grace of God. Amen. We are here on this <laughs> fine Sunday. Amen. It's not easy though. It's not. It's never easy. <laughs> That's you know, it's life of an immigrant child. It's never easy things. Man. Our lives exactly. our lives are all about figuring out how to take whatever our parents, whatever the culture teaches you and putting it into American aspects, mm-hmm. life aspects, mm-hmm. make your identity and your mission, your your mm-hmm. your journey your own, you know? I feel it. So starting right there, getting into it, tell me a little bit about who you are, where you come from, who your people are. Ooh, okay. So <laughs> my full government yeah. is Crystal Chidema Amuli Wonkocha. See, I wouldn't well, <laughs> even go try the last name. I know. Even even as Nigerians, I still don't feel that confident to say other Nigerians' last name. It's so good. It's easy to butcher, you know? It is very easy, but it's cool, though. Um, but say, the, say the last name again. Pronunciation. Slowly. Okay. okay, okay. So it's Umwa Kocha. Okay. Umwa Kocha. Okay. It actually means son of the light-skinned man. But as you, well, you guys are not watching me, but your girl is in life skin and my dad isn't either. But what I thought it was is I think that somewhere down my line, we probably had an albino in our family. Uh, but when I brought it up to my dad, my dad was like, no way, no way. That cannot be the right. That's not how I'm like. There are no colonizers in this blood. No. <laughs> but I really do think we had somebody that's albino in the village and they're like, son of the light skin man. That's your new name. Okay. But um, online, I go ask Crystal Adama. Um, I am a realtor, I'm a landlord, a project manager, and I just love to create content to spread the word about ownership. Hey. And yeah, that's pretty much me. So uh, we were talking off off mic, and the last time me and you talked so I could even get you on this episode because we were talking some heavy shit then. Yes. Uh, talk about the journey, because uh, I met you in college. I met you. No, you did it. I feel like we met at some party or something. Maybe, because you know after the folks in the city of Chicago, <laughs> they all they all know everybody. Everybody exactly. knows exactly. So maybe we didn't meet at some we party. We probably didn't meet at a party. And we didn't like have an interaction or whatever until you ended up going to the same college. Exactly. Because you know, things happen one way or the other in life. Exactly. But <laughs> uh, talk about your 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 experiences as, as a Nigerian woman Man. growing up in the city of Chicago with black skin and trying to merge the two cultures together and whatnot. Talk about your experience with that. That's an interesting question. And that's an interesting question because at home, you're Nigerian, you eat Nigerian Mm -hmm. food, they Mm -hmm. speak the language. And then when you go into um, school outside, Mm -hmm. it's like a totally different shift. So it's so interesting, the perspective that we have. It's like when we're in the house, we're like speaking with the accent, eating the food. Mm -hmm. But when we're outside, we're like, yo, what's good? What's up? (laughs) Like it's totally a different, like, you know, change or whatever. It's a code switch, man. It's so hard. And if you catch me on the phone, my mom, my friends are like, girl, you have an accent, girl. <laughs> so I'm talking to my mom. I was just I was just <laughs> doing another episode talking to my boys about that exact same thing. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't know I'm Nigerian unless I flat out told you it. Especially because my name is as white as it can be. What's your name? Kevin. But then you're not my Nigerian, but my Nigerian name. Okay. Chigozia. Okay. okay. But you don't you as you just heard, the accent only comes out when I'm saying African things or talking to or talking to another African person. That's true. Otherwise you get the straight nigga, yo, my name's Kevin, what's up? It's the word. Yes, yeah, true. It's a code switch. That's and, true. and it happens so effortless effortlessly and mm. seamlessly that you forget about it at mm-hmm. the time, you know? It's it's natural. Yeah. It's natural. But that was interesting. I mean, obviously we all have that story, but I mean, growing up in the house, you already know parents want you to be a doctor, <laughs> engineer. Yeah, doctor, a lawyer, exactly. accountant, pharmacist, something. 
something that makes you six figures so you can contribute to the family. Exactly. If my if my parents would have somebody would have told my parents that your daughter is a realtor, boy, the way blood would be coming out of your <laughs> eyes. Like if my if my parents if somebody would have told my parents years ago that I wanted to be a therapist and not a doctor, the way it was smacked five exactly. in my mouth. <laughs> Like, are you mad? <laughs> you want to talk to people for a living? What exactly. do you do? You want to get paid just to talk to people? Are you talk. mad? Are you mad? Are you deaf? <laughs> well, boys, you should be proud of yourselves. First year of college in the can. Mm -hmm. Now, I hate to be that dad, but Nick actually won an award for his final project. Really? Right. It was nothing, really. It was just a piece I made in my postmodern sculpting class. We actually, you know, we brought it. Wow! <laughs> wow! Oh. Kind of takes your breath away. Hey, that's that's fantastic. You know, I'm proud to say I know the next Picasso. <laughs> yes, Nick. It looks like you're going to be a famous artist someday. Oh, thanks, Mr. and Mrs. Obi. And uh, how are things going for you over at Drexel, David? Oh, uh, David is studying to be a medical doctor. Yeah? And we are very proud of him. Paging Dr. Obi. <laughs> <laughs> yes. David, David, why don't you tell everyone about your pre-med classes? Yeah. He is excelling in chemistry. <laughs> well, I actually changed my major to creative writing. Ooh. You did what? I changed my major to creative writing. Creative who? Creative writing. God forbid. What is creative writing? Something I'm really passionate about. I actually won the Promising Young Writer Award. Well, that's fantastic. Nice, buddy. Oh, he is very nice, buddy. <laughs> an award? Can you pay the bills with an award? Will you buy a house with an award? Promising Young Writer. Who promised you what? <sighs> when Nick said he won an award, you guys said he was going to be famous. We were lying! Look, look at this ridiculous sculpture! This ugly thing! Oh. Very, very ugly! Mark my words, in two years, Mr. Picasso here is going to be a bag boy at Trader Joe's. Hey, you know, we're right here. Debbie, it's true, honey. Son, you were born to be a doctor. Yes! What kind of job would you get with creative writing? I could be an author. No. no. A journalist. No. A professor. Hell no. Hey, those sound like great careers. No, Debbie. They're not. You can be a doctor for 40 or 50 years and then do your writing once you retire. You know, guys, the world needs poets, too. Yes, if there's anything we have learned from the pandemic, is that the world needs more poets. <laughs> I think it's beautiful that you're discovering, discovering your own interests, David. Thanks, Mrs. Pine. Okay, Linda Pine. Why don't you take him? Excuse me? Oh, David is yours now. Yes, yes. Since you think it's so beautiful that he won't be a doctor, he can be your son. Oh, I don't think. Oh, she doesn't think. Uh -huh. Oh, so you also don't want a, a son that's not a doctor? Hmm. Ma and Dad, I'm sorry. I'm just not passionate about being a doctor. Okay. If you really don't want to be a doctor, you have to. You know, you guys haven't even read anything he's written yet. Yeah, David, uh, maybe you can read one of your poems. Sure, I'd be happy to. <clears throat> this poem I won an award for is called My Sorrow. <clears throat> I wake up and my emotions are as blue as blue paint. That's it? Yeah. You know, uh, ain't nothing wrong with being a doctor, Debbie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How about a 
toast. Here's to uh, Nick and David. Mm. Two promising young artists. Oh, no, we are bleeding. Oh, is there a poet in the house? Someone call a poet. <laughs> because at the end of the day, your parents eventually get tired, and if of you course. stay strong, of course, you just you know, you do your own thing anyway. So, trust me. Par parents learn how to acqu acquiesce to their kids once mm. their kids show that they're successful in whatever it is that mm -hmm. they want to do, versus being only being only knowing success as whatever they see mm. as as what makes them money when they come to this country. Because everyone, sure. everyone's parents as immigrants, they come here. Try to make a better living for themselves. So better living sure. to, in their mind means being a teacher, being a mm -hmm. nurse, being an accountant, being a mm -hmm. lawyer, being something that you know shows quick money fast. Or guaranteed money. Guaranteed, guaranteed money is good thing, you know. Money. But there are other ways to go about making money Definitely. in this land of opportunity, as you want yeah. to put it. This is the land of business that people often yeah. forget about and entrepreneurship and whatnot. Yeah. Specifically ownership, you know? Yeah. Um, which is why I wanted to bring you on today. So I'm you could excited. talk about your experience about ownership and Man. business and that transition from breaking the cultural stereotypes to being something completely different and being equally successful with it. First and foremost, mm. uh UIC college where I met where I got to know you better. <laughs> exactly. <I didn't> know <laughs> What I what were you originally there for? Man, okay, so I was in there for biological science. Of course. And then my sophomore year, I took chemistry 102. And of I course. in the first two weeks, I said, uh-uh, this is not for me. <laughs> and I knew it because they said that I had the best teacher. And even with the best teacher, the the, the information wasn't processing through uh -huh. my head. So I said, hmm, what subject can I still make my parents happy, but it's also gonna be easy? Mm. And then I got public health. <laughs> so I started doing public health. And then when I graduated, um, so although I studied public health, but I was working in payroll yeah. um, throughout college. So yeah, when I graduated, yeah. I had a lot of experience in payroll mm -hmm. and I didn't really get any jobs in public health. So I got a payroll job, completely hated it <laughs> with my whole heart. And, but through that, I was able to buy my, um, my building, my four unit building. Okay. And then after that, I was like, wow, like, I think I could do this for a living. So I literally quit my job on November 8th. Okay. Uh, I started class on November 11th, took an accelerated program. And then I got, I was able to get my license in, I think December 11th or okay. December 12th. So okay. then I became a realtor. There you go. There you go. <laughs> um, what made you want it to get to get into real estate and whatnot? Man. What, 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 was, what sparked that interest for you? Man, so it really started in college. So since college, mm -hmm. I've been researching a term called house hacking. So essentially it's when you own a building, but you're essentially living for free. Mm -hmm. So I've been studying real estate since 2015. Mm -hmm. So although I'm studying public health in school, but I've always been watching videos and watching realtors talk about it. So I was always familiar with the idea um, and then when I was at my payroll job, I'm like, I completely hate this thing. And I'm like, what do I like? I'm like, I like buildings. I like uh -huh. ownership. I'm uh -huh. like, hmm, I love to spread the message. So why not become a realtor, be able to talk about the importance of owning mm -hmm. and, you know, survive off that. Now, talk about, because you are a black woman, obviously, yes. right? Talk about how the journey has been for you being a black mm -hmm. woman in business in mm. the context of quote unquote white America. Yeah. Well, are you referring to my payroll or in my realtor? In in both. Oh, I can speak to that in corporate. <laughs> in both. I hate it. You guys, I hated it. <laughs> Man, I so 
one of the things that made being at that corporate job so tough was the amount of work that we had. Mm -hmm. And when I expressed that to my boss, she didn't believe me. Of course. Um, but when this was happening, I was under contract on my house. So everybody knows like when you're purchasing a home, you can't leave your job, you can't do mm -hmm. anything. So I had to keep my job and I wasn't finishing the work on time. So in order for me to keep my job, I would come in early mm -hmm. and I would leave later mm -hmm. and I would like clock out so nobody knew I was doing it. So I wasn't getting paid for some of those hours basically so I can keep up with the workload. Working like a slave, basically. Exactly. But then <laughs> when my when I when we got new coworkers because our team was growing and they were um they were at a different office. Uh -huh. But white, blonde hair, blue eyes. When she expressed that it was a lot of work. <laughs> oh, now, Becky, I'm sorry. Let's find a way to exactly. lighten the load, Susie. Now everybody knows it's uh, a lot of work. Uh, and I was just super pressed. Uh -huh. Um and I mean, luckily, I'm happy when I have my like final interview when you're leaving the company. I, I express, you know, my feelings, my sentiments. Um, and, you know, she heard me. She's like, would you ever recommend anybody to this company? I said, hell no. <laughs> hell them no. Hell. Get out. Sorry, man. Okay. Get out. Yo. Yo. Chill, man. Get out. Chill. Get out. Chill. Chill, man. Chill. Man. Chill. Tell them about themselves. No, no. And it's just, it is so, when you look at, at least with that company, a lot of the black women, we were always like, we stayed there and then we leave. Uh -huh. it, it was not holding up. And let me talk about, ooh, diverse Go companies. Go for it. Go for this is the platform. I hate when people, when companies say they're diverse. <laughs> and yes, everybody on the A level is diverse. But oh, when yeah. you start looking at like the top corporate, the who actually. management exactly, and the CEOs, the board of directors and shit. Yeah. Right. Course. But then when I brought, because for me, I, I don't hold nothing back, and especially since I was going to start real estate school, I was just, my mouth was just running. And I said, you guys talk about diversity, but when I look at the executive board, there's no women, uh -huh. there's no Mexican women, there's, um, I think there's a black man, and it's basically all white men. Of course. And then, oh, but he's um, Ecuadorian, oh, he's Mexican, oh, but it's shit. like, okay, but like, you guys are still white. Uh -huh. You So it's just... I, Look, corporate. <laughs> look, I understand anybody in corporate, but at least for in terms of real estate, I mean, I find that I don't really deal with that mm -hmm. as of now. What I normally see is that um, I think black people, we can achieve more. Well, let me start by saying I think when you're coming into real estate, we always want to go with, go with people who look like us. Of course. But money is green. Is it how <laughs> so we That's definitely real. have to like step out of that comfort zone and, and brand ourselves and try to meet more people that mm -hmm. don't look like us mm -hmm. um, to be able to serve more communities and equal more money at the end. So uh, uh, that's my experience right now. Talk about the importance of uh, branding yourself and how you, learn, how you learn to do that in business. Man, branding is so important uh -huh. just because, for example, like coffee, you can get coffee, you can make coffee, you can buy coffee at um, Starbucks, you can go to Dunkin' Donuts. But it's really about your brand on why you choose what you choose. Mm -hmm. um, so it's really just setting you apart from the rest. So I'm a realtor. And then when I became a realtor, I noticed everybody started becoming realtors. <laughs> I said, yeah, yeah. For me, when I came into this, and I said, I'm going to be the only Nigerian realtor. Like, they're going to be me. And I saw Nigerian realtor. Nigerian realtor. <laughs> realtor. I said, ah! 
So what makes you stand out from the exactly. people? So, that's the point exactly. Thing. So you can't rely on just who you are. So for me, I try to really stick, hold a Yo, I personally done this before. I went mm-hmm. through the process of what you wanted from saving, from being broke. Like I went through everything that most of my clients are going mm-hmm. through. Mm-hmm. So I can speak to that. And since I know the problems that I will, I don't say problems, but the places where I think could have been improved, I try to add value in those areas. Mm-hmm. So I speak to my clients need because I've been there before. I know you're going to get frustrated through the process. I know you're going to have to come up with extra money at the closing table because you don't have enough. So I, I, I speak to that and I add a value there and i think that's what really sets me apart i think that personal connection that 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 like you said that feeling that i've been there before Mm -hmm. i've seen your shoes before it it makes it that much more authentic of an Mm -hmm. experience for somebody Mm -hmm. that wants to go to you Mm -hmm. because you can really relate to what's going down same with me in therapy right um going to my story i went to usc again like the typical african Mm -hmm. brainwashed kid (laughs) to be to be a doctor to be a lawyer to be xyz you know Mm-hmm. Uh, I went for pharmacy, bio, no, I went pre-farm chem, that was my major. Okay. Uh, that sounds the, sophisticated. You know, sophisticated <laughs> shit that adds a DR in front of your name or mm-hmm. other BS that Africans, again, ascribe to as far as status and whatever, and that's a different episode. But mm. um, I went there, and being good, at Af- being good at math and science like the typical African kid is in school, it was a breeze for me the first two mm-hmm. years because it's all the basic stuff anyways that I just finished learning in high school. Mm-hmm. I get to my third year. I commit academic suicide by whatever reason I decide I want to take orgo, calculus, physics, and anatomy all in the same semester. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went from having a 3.8 to like a 2.6 mm-hmm. overall anyways in like a matter of months. Among other things that were happening in my life at that time yeah. that led to, you know, more depression and more uh, thoughts of whether or not school was for me. But um, the the idea that my advisor was saying that eventually either my choice was to pick a new major or to essentially stay and try and revive my GPA and revive the classes and waste all these extra years of summer school being even more in debt than I already mm-hmm. am. And then turning a four-year degree into basically me getting my four-year degree in six and a half years. Mm. Fuck that. I was just saying, <laughs> oh, that's true. Okay. I would have been 20, what, 24 by the time I got my bachelor's degree. It's okay. As long as you get it. That's what that, that's what that, <laughs> fuck that. Okay. <laughs> fuck that. I, 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 disclaimer, I don't, I don't disparage anyone who's older and getting their degrees now. Get it, you guys. I'm not an ageist. Go for it. Do what works for you. Look. Timing is everything for everyone else. But for me personally, fuck that I shit. That. I ain't getting no degree, especially a first degree. At 24. Fuck it's okay. That. It's okay. That's just me. That's just me. So when I took a, a look at my transcript and, I, and everything I've been doing up to that point that wasn't math and science related, uh, it was a psychology classes and the African-American studies classes that I was taking that even though I was BSing in those classes, they were still of interest to me enough to like, mm. okay, maybe I can make something out of this, okay. right? Um, so me being a therapist comes from the life experiences that I've had as an African kid, as a black man in America, and being able to relate to my people that I see on that level because I mm. get what you've gone through. I've mm. been in your shoes. I'm still currently going through some of this yeah. shit now. Um, Shockingly, I actually have a, a decent amount of people who on my, on my case that aren't black. They're actually mm. white, but 
even so relating to them on the adolescent and teenage experience level, like the misunderstood, the lack of identity forming and stuff like mm. that. I say all that to say mm. the most the most successful people in the business world are the people who are the most authentic. That's real. That, I, I say all that to say that. That's real. Um, so I commend you on your style of branding for authenticity purposes and whatnot. Because that's that's Thank you. that's how you build your book of business. Yeah. That's how you attract people the longest. That's how you maintain those long term relationships and whatnot. Yeah, that's you know? real. I mean, and look, I, I get, and I need to probably do more of this, but like I get honest on my page. Like mm -hmm. I talk about the struggles of being hated my job, and mm -hmm. you know that was the hardest part of my like. It was hard, mm -hmm. you know, but I, I try to share it because I know that, and it's so funny because those stories do help you because they reach out. <laughs> yeah. like, man, that thing that you wrote. It really helped me. And I'm like, bro, if you're actually reading this, so that's cool. It's working like yeah. that. You know, it's true. So, you know, it, yeah. It's a good feeling, you know, yeah, when you see is. people, when you see yourself putting yourself out there, not even for the purpose of other people, but you just putting yourself out there for the sake of just being out there for yourself. Mm -hmm. And then you still get people that gravitate towards that. You mm -hmm. know, it's, it's, a, it's a rewarding, fulfilling feeling, you know. Yeah. Um, who taught you about real estate or was it pretty much all self-taught for the most yeah. part? I think it was self-taught. But my parents are landlords. Really? So they are landlords. I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. And I look. <laughs> when I say, so it's in your blood. <laughs> but, but they didn't. They don't have good systems that would motivate somebody to be ah. a landlord. But I think it exposed me to know that. Oh, my parents do this. Like this mm -hmm. ain't nothing. Like it's easy. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah. So that's and it's so. We're probably gonna talk about this later. But the importance <laughs> of like real estate. Like so, my parents own a, a three flat building in South Shore. Okay. So basically, where they're gonna be placing the Obama Library. Okay. okay. Their mortgage is six hundred and something dollars for that three flat building. They bought it like 11, 12 years ago. Shit. So, but that's so. I'm so saying like the importance of real estate yeah. is because, and to be honest. It, it definitely needs updating to get like market rent mm -hmm. but once they do like you could be making just so much on cash flow mm -hmm. afterwards so i mean look so when <laughs> when i kind of knew that i was like oh okay and then but i think i was really like um interested on living for free mm -hmm. like you can live for free like that doesn't make any <laughs> sense so but when i heard people were doing it i was like okay definitely i am gonna this when so I graduate. How, how do you go about living for free? Because that's something we all are trying to do. That's okay? a good question. I'm tired of paying my rent. Even, <laughs> though my rent's not, even though my rent's not bad, I still, <laughs> that's an extra money. That's extra money and in that's my true. pockets, you know. Like, that's true. And your your rent is your one of the biggest living expenses. Absolutely. So eliminate that is what create a lot of opportunity. So for me, I would say living for free. It really first not to be cliche but it starts with the Go mindset it. <laughs> it really starts with the mindset and knowing that embarking on this journey you're definitely going to have to sacrifice a lot and really be headstrong so mm -hmm. the sacrificing is getting you to the point where you a lender will be able to give you money mm -hmm. so having enough money saved up so people are always asking me like how much should i have saved up i'm like literally eight to twelve thousand dollars if you want to buy a multi-family building mm -hmm. um but once you get pre-approved you're still constantly saving so don't think twelve thousand is the final amount now, the more you have, the better. Mm -hmm. uh, me personally, I had to bring about nineteen thousand to the closing table. Sheesh. Woo, me, that's another story. Like, outside, outside my student loans, I only know what nineteen thousand looks like in person. It's okay. Shit. It's okay. 
But um, essentially living for free, once you, you know, get yourself to a point where a lender was, was going to give you money, but living for free is basically having other people pay for your mortgage. So mm -hmm. there's many ways to do it. Mm -hmm. So the way that I'm doing it, the more famous way to do it now is, you know, getting a multifamily unit building, living in one unit, renting out those uh, other units and being able to pay for the, well, their rent, being able to pay for the mortgage. Mm -hmm. Essentially, that's what a lot of people are doing now. Like you're renting the rent that you're paying is, is paying the mortgage mm -hmm. and also cash flowing as well um, to the owner. Um, another way is for so for my clients that maybe can't afford getting a multifamily unit building, I'm like, hey, what we can do is we can get a single family home and get a finished basement. Mm -hmm. You live in the finished basement and then, you know, put a kitchen in there. Um, and there's ways to like incorporate the renovation costs into the loan mm -hmm. and then rent up, rent the top. So okay. basically now you have a renter and then you're living in the basement in your single family home. I was reading a book, this guy in California, because California is super expensive. He lived in the living room and rented out the rooms in his building mm -hmm. or in his single family home. Mm -hmm. So there's ways to kind of hack the system, uh -huh. but. You know, that's kind of what living for free and so how to do it. You dropping the gems right now. This, this, <laughs> this stuff that the average person isn't going to find in no textbook because they're, mm -hmm. they're, not, they're not teaching the importance of ownership and real estate in school. Definitely. Uh, and that's something I wish I would have gotten more education in. Definitely. In high school, in middle school, definitely in college if Me I decided too. to go that route, you know. Um, talk about the importance of black folks owning. Ooh, own, you guys. Own, owning land, owning property not always paying somebody else for rent talk, yeah. talk about talk about the importance of that man i think so we're living in 2021 and you would think that black folks are doing better mm -hmm. right but the ownership rates are at similar similar rates than in 1940 something mm -hmm. you see what i'm saying mm -hmm. so it's like although we're living in a better time there's more opportunities quote quote but our rates are still the same mm -hmm. um but the importance of ownership for black people is basically money and equity yeah, and yeah. passing that money down. So for example, using my parents as an example, okay, once they pay off their building, okay, then we'll have one building in our home that we'll be able to make cash flow. So that could be used to save up for college funds. That could mm -hmm. be used to, um, you know, pay for whatever bill that you have. But even on a deeper level, as generations goes on, yeah. um, basically having the equity. So for example, when you buy a property, more than likely the value of the property property is going to go up. So let me use a real life example so that you guys know that I'm not really talking theory. <laughs> so I have this friend that I met and he bought in Bronzeville. In Bronzeville, if you guys mm -hmm. are from Chicago, you guys know Bronzeville. Mm -hmm. um, he bought a single family um, three, well, single family home. It was a graystone and it had three floors to it. Mm -hmm. He bought it for $75,000. Now that same home is worth over $400,000 it probably even more, probably $500,000 in today's market. Shit. So for example, if he wanted to sell it, that's a big increase that he's going to make, mm -hmm. but he can also borrow money for it, or he can just pass it down and let the value continue to rise for his family, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So I think um, there's, it's really just the increase in value that we miss out on, on not only, and even in Chicago, today's market, like if we, if I would have bought, and my story is a little bit different, but <laughs> if I would have bought in Chicago, the way the market is going right now, like the, the, the rates are crazy. Like the, uh -huh. the values are really increasing. So if you would have bought like three, four years ago and sold your multifamily unit now, mm -hmm. you would definitely see a lot of profit. Mm -hmm. um, but it's really just having that equity and having that value to be honest. And you know, that's one of the reasons why there's a disparity 
between whites and blacks is because a lot of black people don't own and we miss out on you know values increasing and in our wealth increasing mm-hmm. along with that. So mm-hmm. that's really the major importance for um, ownership in it. When is the right time to get into the real estate bubble? Because mm-hmm. you hear the term real estate bubble all the time. The mm-hmm. bubble's expanding, the bubble's about to burst or collapse, or the market's going up, the market's going down. How do you predict these things? How do you adjust to these things? How do you prepare for these things for somebody like me who's never been into the real estate or yeah. wants to get into it one day, you know? That's a good question. So real estate, it's always a good time to buy. Mm-hmm. But your strategy may change. Uh-huh. So for example, I work with a lot of out-of-state investors and everybody wants to do the buy and hold, buy and hold. But in today's market, it's better for you to buy and sell and be able to sell your property for max value. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's always a good time to to purchase, um, but it really just depends on strategy. So for example, um, in today's market, the best strategy would be really flipping. To be honest, you hear that term so much. People buying, buying broken down houses, fixing it up, and then flipping it for profit. That might be what I get into as far as like my intro to real estate. Mm-hmm. But long term wise, I definitely do want to have like mm-hmm. some land that I can rent out for people to build on, or definitely. some properties that I can rent out for people to live in, so I can just definitely. have like that residual definitely. extra extra revenues and income. You know, definitely. And you could definitely use, like you said, use it flipping to your intro to save mm-hmm. because I have a client who we're actually going to close tomorrow and I think he's going to make which is gonna, it should be about twenty five to thirty thousand dollars in about maybe six seven months um of him we we part well he purchased a single family home um added value to it and it's selling for should I say it now two ten so I sell him for two ten he bought it for fifty we added value mm-hmm. and now it's selling for two ten so that's like big okay. and even to be honest when so when you're purchasing a home um and you're telling the bank hey i want to flip they're going to look at the value that it is in its current state and the value that it's going to be in six months mm-hmm. so the value that they told us and i agree it was 190 mm-hmm. but the way that the market is going right now is that values actually increased and we got it under contract for 210. Hey. so Flipping is um is interesting and I, people are probably thinking like oh my god like that sounds cute but I don't know where to start I don't like I definitely don't know where to I start know, with flipping I houses I don't know nothing about and, it. it's okay but I always tell my clients I started like, watching Property Brothers that's all oh, I know look, <laughs> or home renovation that's all I know no if you're interested we definitely need to have a conversation so uh-huh. for me a lot of people are like what's better uh, buying something already renovated or flipping and fixing but it really just depends on who you are at that moment mm-hmm. me two years ago when i bought i wasn't prepared to flip anything mm-hmm. um but now that i have the knowledge being in the career i do so i always tell my clients like hey just if you have the desire let's talk and i'll help you and assist you like i have architectures i have mm-hmm. uh general contractors i have great mortgage teams mm-hmm. that you can go to so i would be that resource to kind of bring everything to you and make it make sense to you. For sure, for sure. We definitely need that in the community. More people that's spreading the knowledge to other, to other people so they can increase that value in definitely. their own life, increase that portfolio, increase that generational wealth to pass on to their legacy and definitely. legacy planning and kids and other stuff. Cause that's, I'm not at that stage in my life yet, mm-hmm. but if I'm here and that chapter is here, I'm like, knocking on the door yeah of starting a family plan and financial planning and mm-hmm. all that other shit um 
moment of note, I don't want y'all to think that all oh, that means that I have a kid on the way. I don't. <laughs> all right, I'm not. I'm not. I ain't are you here. Sure, Kevin? I'm, Kevin, are you? Are you as lying far to as, me? as far as I know, ain't nobody out there calling me daddy yet. Okay. Um. So, I'm not planning for no kids yet. But a man who doesn't have that plan ahead of time will not be ready to have a family. That's real. So that, that's how I. That's how I think. I'm, I'm future oriented. That's me. That's true. Um, we are going to go to commercial real quick, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be right back with more of the Children Immigrants podcast. Stay tuned. Welcome back to the Children Immigrants podcast. I'm still sitting here with my black real estate agent, yeah. Miss Chidema. Yes. Crystal Adanma Wokocha. You better come. Hey, you know. <laughs> again, my African stuff only comes out when I'm talking to another fellow African. So if I go in and out of, of, of accent, my people listen to me, bear with me. I'm still here. I'm still the kid out that you know, but Chico's ass <laughs> taking over for a little bit. It's okay. It's okay. In Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs> uh, where we left off at, we was talking about uh, the market and learning when to buy and sell, buy and hold, flipping houses versus yeah. keeping houses, um, which brings me to the question I have. In times of recession, like the most recent one we had, uh, hell, not even just recession, but like pandemic times too, like, yeah. what we're, like what we're going through now, when is it important to hold? When is it important, when is it important to sell? How do you know the difference? Man, that's a good question. And I would really just say it really just depends on your strategy. Mm -hmm. So during this uh, pandemic, it really hasn't affected the real estate market that much. Okay. There was a period in time in March when like, was it February or March where everybody was like, okay, we don't know what to do. Right. We're just learning about right. this. Things, things, like, things took a pause, uh -huh. but in April, May, things ramped up. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, so people are buying. People are really buying in Chicago. Like Chicago mm -hmm. is a gem right now. Mm -hmm. um, but in terms of when to buy, in terms of sell, it really just depends on you and what you feel comfortable enough. Um, but yeah, so it really just depends, to be honest. I don't think I have like a, a for sure strong <laughs> answer, but it really just depends. Like, for example, I have um, a friend on uh, Instagram. He bought, I think, two years ago as well. And he could have held on to his property and, you know, you know, I guess cash flow and moved out, but you know, he chose to finish the basement. Now um, he sold it and he mm -hmm. sold it for top dollar on the market. Mm -hmm. um, so it really just depends on what you want to do. Mm -hmm. Is there a uh, time of year or season when the market like explodes the quickest or mm -hmm. is the most volatile or mm. is like the best time to buy versus the best time to sell? Mm. Does that like the seasons and time of year have anything to do with that stuff? I think they kind of do. Um, I do want to preface this and say real estate is constantly moving. So right. people are always buying, people are always selling. Right. Some people may say, okay, the winter season is a little bit slower, so um, I don't want to buy in that time. Mm -hmm. But another person can look at look at the look at it and say, okay, during the winter, if there's less buyers, that means that I will have a better chance on getting my dream home. Mm -hmm. You know. Um, or in the summer, people can be like, well, you know, I don't want to look in the summer because there's going to be too many buyers. You know, so it really just yeah. depends on when you're ready. Mm -hmm. And as soon as you're ready and you have your strategy together, you can make it work wherever mm -hmm. or whenever, whatever the season is. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> Where do you find more success in like in a city like Chicago? Mm -hmm. Do you find more success with real estate? 
closer to downtown or closer out in, further out in the suburbs, mm-hmm. the near communities between the suburbs and the city? Like, where do you find most business happening for you? Okay, so I have my, my business is kind of slick because I work with investors uh-huh. and then I work with first time home buyers okay. and then I work with you know, people that are looking to get into their second homes. Mm-hmm. So if we're talking in terms of flipping and investing, I would say the South Side is really a dope, the South Side and West Side is a dope place to start because mm-hmm. these homes that they're getting or, or that it's on the market, they're at a lower price, you're able to add a value to get it, mm-hmm. you know, to top market dollars. Mm-hmm. So in terms of that, um, you know, southwest side. Um, for my um, uh, my condo clients, downtown is really kind of. Um, so what can I say about downtown? <laughs> um, downtown is, is is definitely good because. It, so what we're seeing in the real estate market is, or at least what I'm seeing is that it looks like a lot of people that were living in downtown are moving to the suburbs, right? Mm. So I see more of a supply in condos in the downtown mm. or. Um, like near the loop and whatnot. Exactly. Or even mm-hmm. Bronzeville, a higher park, there's a lot of like condos in that area uh-huh. as well. Um, so if you do want to buy a condo, I think right now it would be a good time to put in like a, a below offer. Mm-hmm. So for example, if it's listed for like 170 and depending on how long it's been on the market, you can offer 160 or 155 and that would be considered strong. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but it really just depends on wherever you guys or whoever wants to purchase. Just making sure your pre-approval is that amount. Don't say <laughs> you want to live in downtown and your pre-approval is only a hundred thousand. Okay. I can't. I don't know what I can do. I'm not a magician. But as long as you're approved for what your desires want, then we can make it work. So since you brought that up, what's <laughs> what's more important to to you as a realtor, a person with a lot of liquid assets and good cash value, or a person with a strong credit score? Man, as okay. far as like renting, as far as giving out loans, as far as those kind of things, okay. what's more important to you? What do you look for more of as a realtor? So for a realtor, when I'm doing leasing, credit score. Oh mm-hmm. my God. When I say there's a disparity uh-huh. with black folks yeah. and credit scores. Yeah. And it's so sad. Something else we're not taught growing up. The, impo- the importance of having a good credit score. At the amount age. of people that I turn down because of their uh-huh. credit score, it's really sad. That, like I have a public health background. Although I'm doing real, I'm, I'm a realtor, but yeah. I have a public health background, and I know the disparities of that. But the amount of people that make enough money, but their credit score is mm-hmm. shot in the 400s, 500s, it's like that that causes us to be at a disadvantage mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying so it's like and, and it's easy it's a lot you guys. <laughs> it's a lot so if you're listening to this and your credit score isn't where it is i would highly advise you to come up with a plan talk to different i guess credit specialists if you guys mm-hmm. need someone i have a great person that can help you and guide you with that mm-hmm. but really get it to like figure it out right now because when you actually want to buy a house that's the wrong time to, to try yeah. to work with your credit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So right now, if your credit is not good, definitely reach out to me and I'll put you in contact with somebody so that you can get it, get it together because it's really a disparity that's hindering us. What would you say is like the ideal credit score for somebody who's looking to buy or rent property or mm-hmm. even just get into a property, whatever case is? What would you say is like the ideal number they should aim for credit? That's a good, that's a good answer. I mean, good question. So the higher, the better. I just have to preface it, the higher, the better. But it really just depends on what you want to do. So if you want to live in like the south side or west side of Chicago, you should be fine with the 600. The more north you go, so if you want to go to Bonds or Hyde Park, I definitely suggest 650 or above. Mm -hmm. Now that we're in the um, pandemic, 
don't want to say the plan. <laughs> We're not going to talk about that. Well, you're planning in the pandemic, exactly. so pandemic, sure. <laughs> so now that we're, but now we're in the pandemic, I'm seeing um, more harder, uh, more harder requirements. Mm -hmm. So now people are requesting for you to have a 700 credit score, oh. um, depending on what that income is looking like. Mm. Um, but if you're in terms of buying um, during the pandemic, um, they lenders increased their score to 640, right? Mm. But now my lender, my preferred lender, I saw her post. She said, "Hey, we're now um, the credit score is now back at 580. So if you have a 580 or above." We can definitely make things work for you. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, there's different programs out there to assist. Mm -hmm. I know another uh, a popular program is um, the Opening Doors program, and they offer, I think, about $6,000 for assistance mm -hmm. for your closing costs and down payment. And, you know, my favorite, <laughs> my favorite program at this time, you guys, is called the Smart Buy Program. Talk about this. <laughs> you told me a little bit about this. You I just wasn't in, I wasn't in a place or financially where I could benefit from this. It's okay. But I do want people who are out there. This deal with student loans, folks. So anyone yeah. who's out there struggling with student loans, much like me, and is probably in a better financial spot than I am, listen to this to this to this game she's about to drop for you because it helped Man. me out. You guys, there's a program out there that is really just unheard of, to be honest. So I basically sum this program as eliminating student loans through home ownership. Mm -hmm. And basically what it is, is that you once you, so they offer two cool things to the program. The first pro, first thing that they offer in the program is they give you up to $5,000 for your closing pay, closing, oh my, excuse me, down payment and closing costs. Okay. Um, but the super cool thing is that they give you 15% of the purchase price of the home and they put it towards your student loan. So let me break it down because I want to make sure it makes sense. Mm -hmm. Let me preface it. If you guys have any, que have any questions, definitely reach out to me. But um, so for example, let's say you were to buy a single family home for $250,000. Now let's get our handy dandy calculators out. <laughs> so let's do 15% uh, of 250,000. So that equals $37,500. So if your student loans is $30,000, your student loans will be wiped away by purchasing a home that's $250,000. In the event that your student loans is $40,000 and you buy a $250,000 home, you would be expected to bring $2,500 to closing. So like I said before, the goal is to eliminate student loans through home home ownership and they don't do any partial payments. Um, the max that this program goes up to is 40,000. So don't think, oh yeah, if I buy a million dollar house, 15% of that will go to my student loans. <laughs> That's not the way it works. They do have a limit of $40,000. Um, but some major things to qualify for this program is that you have to have a 640 credit score. Mm -hmm. You have, have to be working at your job for a period of time. Well, preferably two years, but depending on the lender, they're willing to work with you if you're working at your job for a year. Uh, make less than $109,000 per year mm -hmm. um, and be able just to, you know, like I said, just prove that a lender can obviously lend to you. Oh, also you have to own the building for three years. So a lot of people are like, I don't know if I want to stay in Chicago. I may want to go to mm -hmm. different a different state or whatever. Houston is the hot spot for everybody Look. now. Everybody, <laughs> everybody moving to Texas. I know. Myself included. In a couple of years, I'll be out there in Texas. H-Town living. <laughs> Get at me. Look, that's what he says now. It's okay. No, that's what I know. <laughs> that's the plan for me. It's two, three years. As soon as I get all that I can continue to get from Chicago, get believe you. me. Chicago, I get you. Chicago is a place to... to Get your roots. It is not a place to raise your family. 
right? That's what we all say, and we're gonna be here 20, 30 years down the road. I'll send y'all a postcard. I ain't gonna be here, right? But look, if you guys share the same sentiments as Kevin, <laughs> like, so what you can do is you can actually rent it out. So this program doesn't require that you actually live in it. So you can rent it out. So what I've been telling all my clients, and I'm about to put y'all to major game right now, is what I've been telling them is like, yeah, you can go move. And then let's put um, a client or a tenant that has a CHA voucher or um, a Section 8 voucher mm -hmm. and basically have Section 8 pay majority of the rent. Now, let me kind of break up a, a myth. Just because they're on Section 8 does not mean that Section 8 is going to pay all of their rent. That's mm -hmm. that's a myth. Mm -hmm. But get somebody that can pay or Section 8 can pay most of their rent or work with a homeless prevention program. And they usually pay all of the rent. So while you're living in your different state, that program will be direct deposited money to your account. And then, you know, obviously you can, you know, work with different, um, like, you know, maintenance people just to make sure that your building is being upkept well, mm -hmm. but you don't need to actually be here to rent it out. So that's an, a major tip for all the people that want to leave <laughs> soon, if you want to leave, but it's still definitely a great program to, to get into. Um, I do have to say that it did come out in December, 2020, and there's only 500 to a thousand seats. So if you're listening to this, and we're in, it's February 28th right now, so... March by the time y'all hear this episode. Yes, <laughs> so March. So if you guys are listening to this in March, or April, or even May, or shoot, even June, you don't know, contact me, and then we can, you know, definitely make something work. For sure, for sure. That's free game for y'all. Anybody that's like me, that's a student, or that's an adult, that's still being burdened by student loans, and mm -hmm. still waiting for, quote-unquote, Uncle Biden to wipe out half our student loans like mm -hmm. he says he's going to do but you know we politics that's a different episode mm -hmm. um bring things back home to chicago uh you say you have some controversy about uh the idea of gentrification and whatnot Child. you know that don't kill me i, I kind of want to hear this because <laughs> for those that don't know chicago is like one of the most if not the most racially segregated city mm -hmm. in all of America. Mm -hmm. Like we have specific neighborhoods for every ethnic group mm -hmm. in the city of Chicago. And they're all in their own specific sections to the point where everybody knows where the borders begin and where they end. And if you cross the border, you're in a different territory, so to speak. Yeah. So gentrification is all through us and all out all, all around us. We, we're finding in Inglewood that freaking Whole Foods are popping up and whatnot. Yeah. Like you said earlier, the white folks are starting to move to the suburbs now, apparently, mm -hmm. and then this black folks are starting to move back in or vice versa. And we all know about the history of Cabrini Green for those of us who grew up in Chicago. Yeah. So talk about what you see as gentrification, especially as, yeah. a, land, as a landlord and renter and realtor. Now this topic is difficult because hey. you guys, I'm a like, and don't come out and kill me. Up, I'm here for the controversy. Like, I'm, I'm here really for it. a public health student, so okay. I I know all the effects of gentrification and all that. But now that I'm a realtor and I work with investors, my goal is to look at properties that are undervalued or need fixing up, mm -hmm. adding value to it, and basically putting it on the market top down. Mm -hmm. So now I guess I would be on the side of people that are quote unquote gentrifying, I mm -hmm. guess. But I don't think gentrification is bad when your people are behind it. Mm -hmm. So I think it's bad because a lot of because black people, immigrants, Hispanic, we're not the ones that are actually being the investors mm -hmm. or the ones benefiting for, from the from the properties um 
you know, increasing or changing. Or the properties that are being put up are typically not for us. Mm, exactly. But it's because we're not we're not doing the work. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I don't that sounds a bit no. tough. I don't want to say we're not because we are doing the work, <laughs> you guys, but we're not the ones that are actually causing this change. Yeah. So like for example, in Inglewood, you brought up a great point. I when I say I love that Whole Foods being there because it just helps me when I'm helping my clients find value for their homes. So let me let me talk, uh, let me talk to y'all about gentrification. Let me oh go so for it go for it. So I, I work with a client who I helped her with leasing up for three unit building. So her she had a I think two floors that were four bedrooms, another one that was uh, three bedrooms. So her four her four bedrooms we were able to get somebody in Inglewood y'all. For $1,450 $1, in Inglewood, right? And that's because she added value to the property and yeah. now she's getting the top, top dollar, right? Um, down the street, I'm actually going to be hopefully, in Jesus' name, for all my roses, y'all know what this means, but hopefully I'll be closing on a home, um, well, a two flat building this week. Um, and it's literally down the street. Mm. And she's going to um, purchase the building and she's going to add a value to it. Uh, and she's a first-time home buyer, you guys. So we can talk about, you know, first-time home buyer, whatever. Yep. Mm -hmm. Contact me, you guys. But, <laughs> but she, uh, but that current tenant that's been there for about seven years is paying nine hundred and seventy-five dollars. Now, mind you, it's not renovated like the one that's down the street, but literally those two comparable homes, um, basically walking distance from each other. One is paying fourteen fifty, and another person is paying nineteen seventy five. Now, what I'm advising my client to do is obviously she's going to renovate her unit and then in due time, when we're not in a pandemic, increase their rent or terminate their tenancy mm -hmm. so that she can get somebody, you know, who can pay market rent for that home or whatever. Mm -hmm. Or she could say, hey, I understand this black like flight and I understand that they might not have it. So let me keep their rent around that amount. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But, you know, it just shows you, I don't know, it just shows you that. It's happening, you guys, and I think definitely think that we need to be the ones um, at the front of it so that we can make up the rules and not have another community make up the rules for us. Let's stop seeing the white folks walking their dogs through Inglewood. That, that's, that's well, I get happy when I see that. I'm like, <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, because you guys mark my words, Inglewood is going to in like two years. Inglewood is going to be like the new Bronzeville. I can see that. Like. But the question is, who's going to be benefiting it from being that? Uh, that's but it's not too late. As long as we start right now, like if we start right, there's still homes in Inglewood where we can get in right now, right? Mm -hmm. So as long as we start right now, I we, we could we could be we could benefit from it. I want to see it. You know, I'm not I'm I'm all for. It. But you can't see it because you will end up like I told you, my client. Well, not my client, my friend. He bought in Bronzeville like 10, 11 years ago yeah. for $75,000. Yeah, yeah. But now it's over four hundred. dollars So if you wait until you see it, it's already too late. And uh, to be honest, we're already seeing it. You know what I'm saying? So it's like the, the homes that need to be renovated, those values. So the homes that we can get for $20,000, $30,000 are now being put on the market for $80,000, you know? Uh, so it's like we still have to negotiate them down to make it make sense for my clients. Uh, but I would just implore everybody who's listening to Sound of my voice, I feel like a teacher. <laughs> Anybody to the sound of my voice to definitely do research and, and really start now, guys. For really sure. start now. What um how hard is it for you to be able to well, credit credit score and stuff aside, mm -hmm. how hard is it for you to be able to find lenders and loaners uh to lend money out to the black folks that want to own homes? Because mm -hmm. historically that's something yeah. else that's hard for us to get to. 
loans for property, loans for school, yeah. loans for car, loans for everything, you know? That's a good question. So I surround myself around a team that's inclusive. Mm-hmm. Pretty much all of my team members and you guys, if you do good service for me, like I'm a definitely add you to the team, but the majority of my team members are black. Okay. So as long as like we are black and we know we have our purpose, not just to make money, but to mm-hmm. like actually increase mm-hmm. the home ownership in Chicago or in Illinois, mm-hmm. um, then I think we would definitely be, it'll be better than if we're going to a bank and you don't know who the lender is. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. So, but you guys, I work with anybody that does great service. Like I'm about to <laughs> add a white lender to my team because he was absolutely amazing because at the end of the day i need to get this this home under contract and close uh-huh. but once you find those good people who can make it work for you um it will be in a good position for sure for sure um you touched on this earlier and the fact that your parents are landlords and it's in your blood <laughs> what, what, what has been what has been the highlights of being a landlord for you yeah. what's been the most interesting part of being a landlord and having to collect people's rent on time or not for you man <laughs> you guys ah, I, I wish you guys were like here <laughs> because i think what we see on social media is that house hacking or being a landlord is like amazing like, woo! it's fun being a landlord is hard as heck like it's like we just got out of like a snow pier, right? Yeah. Guess who had to show that snow? You did as a landlord. Exactly. I mean, and obviously, I had people like help, um, like, but it kept on snowing, so I had to get out, like, literally, because I have a five car exterior parking space. Mm-hmm. I had to shovel that, mm-hmm. and it took me two and a half hours. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I was just shoveling, like, oh, where's my husband? Where is he? I should not be doing this. I'm a woman, but you know, I'm a landlord. And yeah. they were complaining to me, so I definitely have to take care of it. But apart from that, I mean, it, it's definitely hard work, um, you know, being a black, being younger, being a woman, mm-hmm. and living in the property as well. And mm-hmm. then knowing that, I think it definitely creates. Um, oh, they be knocking at your door all times. They know, but they 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 talk crazy. Mm-hmm. They talk crazier to me than I feel like if it was like a white older uh, of man. Of course, you know what I'm saying. Of course. Um, but but yeah, but. Although I say this, I created an ebook, um, 31 Things That You Need to Know Before, After, and During like You Becoming a Landlord. Mm-hmm. So um, go on my Instagram and you'll definitely see that and you can grab that. But it really just goes through 31 things that I learned in my first year of being a landlord that nobody really talks about. So I talk about like filters. You need to change your filters every six months. I talk about ways to prevent small holes from like um, opening the doors. I like, don't get the, the, I don't know, the things that you put on like the floors mm-hmm. to prevent the doors from hitting the wall. Like those don't work. Mm-hmm. Like I, I talk about different things um, to assist you. But landlord, being a landlord is hard, you guys. <laughs> and you should definitely prepare. So when you're on your journey of, journey of learning how you need to be prepared to actually get a lender to, you know, fund you or essentially, you should also be researching how to be a landlord, what you need to learn, I mean, what you need to know, the rules and regulations in the city or town that you're in. Um, research that because I promise you, it's it's it's, a, it's some work. It's work. <laughs> what made you want to be a landlord on top of being a realtor? No, so I wanted to be a landlord first. Okay. So I wanted to be a landlord really just to live for free because I'm like, people are living for free. So, I mean, I have a, a three-bedroom, two-bathroom apartment, and <laughs> I could eat, I could be renting it out for anywhere from $1,500 to $1,700, mm-hmm. and I'm living quote-unquote for free. Um, 
so that's where I went. But then when I went through my experience, I was like, okay, this I, I think I want to do this full time as a realtor. Okay, okay. So the journey you found ways to make it make sense for you based mm-hmm. on where you were in life and where you wanted to be. Exactly. Like, filling in the gap between the two, right? Exactly. Exactly. For sure. So. Man, I we we you dropped a lot of gems today. You know, you, you're trying to definitely help me and everybody else get their 40 acres and their mule for sure. Yes. The shit that was promised to us during sharecropping times, but yes. you know, again. It's another episode of History Lessons. Another episode. Another episode. Uh, uh, as we come to a close today and all the good work that we did for today, um, now is the point where I let my guests plug their business, plug their social mm-hmm. media, plug anything else that you want people to know, where they can find you, where they can contact you, where they can reach out if they want to buy a house, if they want to learn how to be a, a realtor, if they want to learn landlord stuff, mm-hmm. this, this, this is your space, so by all means. Plug away. Plug away. <laughs> free plug, ladies and gentlemen. Free plug. Yes. Okay. I get a sound effect for that. Yeah. For, for pre- free plugs. Free plug. <laughs> so you guys can find me on social media at Crystal, C-R-Y-S-T-A-L, underscore Adama, A-D-A-M-M-A. And basically on my page, I'm just motivating, sharing my experience, and basically informing you guys about homeownership, being a landlord, being a realtor. If you guys are also interested in like, you know, you're like, hey, I want to be a landlord, I would definitely say grab my ebook, 31 Things That You Need to Know um, during and excuse me, before, during and after, um, you know, going through the process of being a landlord. And you can go to my Instagram page, click on my um, link, and you get a, a direct link to that ebook as well. I also am going to be revamping my other business called The Young Landlord, where we're basically informing and cultivating young landlords. I kind of wanted to branch out from my separate brand because I am not only a realtor, but shoot, I like to like do makeup, my hair, like nails. <laughs> and I want to like solely have a platform where we're solely focusing on us improving um, or I guess gaining, gaining wealth through home ownership. Um, so definitely, you know, on that as well. But if you are interested in buying, selling, or leasing in 2021, 2022, whenever you're listening to this, please reach out to me. I would love to assist you. So just definitely go to my page and you will see my email and we can go from there. But I would also implore you guys, if you guys have any questions about what I spoke about today, any concerns, Anything. I have um, a link on my bio, or once you go to my link, you'll be referred to my calendar link. And basically, you can set up 30 minutes to talk to me about whatever you want, and then we can go from there. Are these free consultations for people? That's a good question. (laughs) So the 30 minute is basically general. We're going to be talking about general stuff. But I also have a 60 minute consultation where I literally teach you everything I learned since 2015 Mm. in one and probably one and a half hours. So that's that's a fee right now uh, you guys you may go up but <laughs> as of right now it's currently fifty dollars okay. and i think that's definitely a good price for everything i learned like we talk about everything yeah yeah um you gotta invest in yourself if you want to invest in something else no for real so definitely if you want if you have general questions definitely sign up for that 30 minute call but if you want solely like details of okay crystal i want to flip how can i make flipping work for me as a first time home buyer um definitely schedule a call with me and we'll, we would definitely make it work 
Sure, drop that page for them one more time. Yes, you can find me anywhere at crystal underscore Adama, A-D-A-M-M-A, -M -M -A, or check out my website at www.crystaladamaadamma. I'm going to say it again, A-D-A-M-M-A.com. Don't you dare butcher her name. <laughs> the ancestors will come smack fire from your mouth now. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been a good episode. This has been a knowledgeable yeah. episode for me. I'm going to come back and play this later on in a couple years when I'm ready to buy my home. Mm -hmm. Best believe I'll reach out to my realtor, Crystal Adama yes. here. And I am your man from playing K-Dot. This has been another episode of the Children of the Podcast. I'll see you next time. Peace.